Welcome to Millions of Screens, IndieWire's TV industry-focused podcast. I'm creative producer Leo Garcia, joined as always by TV awards editor Libby Hill. Try not to say <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> well, he's not here right now. He's not here right now, but he will be here later. TV deputy editor Ben Travers. On today's episode, we'll be talking about FYCs, what they are, what's going on with them in the in the face of the coronavirus, all coming up on today's episode. This is the millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. Skipping ahead to the clicker, our recap of the biggest news items from this past week. Libby, just a couple days ago, Lost in Space's FYC was canceled amid fears of uh, the coronavirus spreading. And this is sort of leading to uh, a lot of changes to the FYC space as we know it. There are, Leo, there's, you know, it's a strange mix. There are changes being instituted, but they aren't as drastic as what you're seeing in other places uh, where South by Southwest got canceled entirely. Um, where the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books has been moved to October, something that likely both the Coachella and Stagecoach Music Festivals will model. The FYC season has come into a few tweaks, um, but is really very much pending as far as things moving forward. The major changes so far in the FYCs have been that basically talent actors, showrunners, anyone on an FYC panel is now restricted um, from interacting face-to-face with the audience. What that means is there's no autographs, there's no selfies, there's no meet and greets, and also there's no questions from the audience. That last point, the fact that they have restricted the audience from asking questions, feels like almost a step too far. It's possible that there are concerns about passing microphones around from person to person, uh, but it sure feels like that's something <laughs> easily enough solved by a by a like a cleaning wipe. Or, um, or maybe a change that they had always sought to have. And now this, you know, awful event is allowing the Academy to make changes they've wanted to make for a long time. Well, that's what I'm very curious about, Leo. I I do think this is an opportunity to kind of excise maybe some parts of the FYC events that uh, that the Academy has has been looking to streamline uh, in years past and never quite had the impetus to do it. Um, I also think this could be a a golden uh, and a very unfortunate but golden opportunity for them to invest more in live stream technology, mm. offering these FYC events as a live stream that can uh, reach a much larger audience, especially if you have gotten rid of the face-to-face opportunities. Um, I, I mean, I think that is in, in a world where they have now, they're doing away with physical screeners and moving online, it's the natural thing is that so many of these FYC events should also transition to online. That even, this this sort of taking advantage idea, I think even extends to Netflix to a certain extent. Um, if you look at the upcoming FYC schedule from from this moment in time, for the next two weeks, Netflix has four scheduled FYC events, none of which have been altered at this time, none canceled, none postponed. The thing about the Lost in Space FYC is that it's not the biggest show on Netflix. The reboot of the uh, 
of the classic sci-fi series never really took off in the way they intended. And coincidentally, the streamer announced the day after the FYC had been scheduled to take place that the show would end with a third and final season, Mm -hmm. suggesting that they weren't super invested in pouring more money into this into this show and maybe not so much in in promoting it for Emmy races. Now, whether they do that for something else, something something more popular like their upcoming series with Octavia Spencer, that's a completely different situation. When Ben was here last week, we talked a lot about what FYCs are. Is there an, an element of this that a lot of the reason to go to FYCs if it's not the meet and greet and rubbing elbows and it's not the free food, that really it all can be accomplished with a simple live stream that sits alongside the screeners on some site. I will say that that there is something lost by moving to an online uh, format. But I'm, I'm torn in that. By having your FYC streamable and available alongside your screeners, I think you're actually reaching a wider audience than asking people to make time some night, drive over to North Hollywood or wherever it is, file in and, and, and dedicate their entire evening to your show, as opposed to they can watch it on their screen. The one thing that is really nice about some of these FYC events is uh, the opportunity to see costumes up close, the opportunity to see uh, sets like at the Amazon um, or Netflix event spaces. It allows you access, if not to the stars, at least to a lot of the materials. Um, there are lots of Instagram opportunities. And why, while I would never suggest that voters are influenced by that, it's a, it's a neat thing to get a chance to see. It's for people who love television, those are are valuable experiences. So there is something to be said for those in-person opportunities, but that's not to say that they shouldn't also be live streamed. All right. Well, it should be noted that the conversation that follows about FYCs in general was actually recorded last week prior to any FYCs getting canceled. So if it seems like we're ignoring the elephant in the room, that's because it was recorded before the weekend. So it's that time of year where our inboxes are being flooded with invitations to various FYC events and sort of the kickoff of official award season. Should we start just by explaining what an FYC is? Sure. Leo, what do you know about FYCs? You're the rube, quote unquote. Uh I don't like using that term, but you've adopted it. So what what do you know about FYCs? I mean, Damon did bestow upon me, rube man. But what I know about FYC events is, first of all, FYC is for your consideration. Also also the title of uh, an underrated Christopher Guest film. You're skewing away from television. (laughs) Essentially, these are these are either events, screenings, panels, things where potential voters are invited to sort of view the content under some new light in an effort to sway them to to nominate and then eventually award said show. I think that's a pretty honest assessment. I think the politically what are, what, what, correct assessment would say that they're just kind of informative screenings. Like they're not trying to sway anybody to do anything. They're just presenting the show and letting people talk about it so that you can um, fully understand how it was made and that it exists because this is, you know, just a um, a service that the TV Academy provides for 
uh, shows that are in contention during its qualifying run. But don't you also get to rub elbows with the stars of said show and potentially maybe get swag? And is Mm. there any food or drink or beverage that might be present? These all sound incredibly familiar. Yeah, they sound like um, pretty key facets of a successful FYC event. Lest we get complaints. I will point out that these events are actually not hosted by the Television Academy. They are hosted by the networks and production teams uh, who put them. For instance, the very first FYC of the year was weird. No, it was interesting because it was a a two-person panel with uh, Michael Sheen from Fox's Prodigal Son and Lizzie Kaplan from Hulu's Castle Rock. Both shows are produced by Warner Brothers Television. And um, so they they aren't a a natural pairing, but Sheen and Kaplan starred together on Masters of Sex. Mm -hmm. So it was very cute. It was a very, very fun time for them. Um, And that event, again, was was brought to you by Warner Brothers, Um, not the Academy. They have my phone number. It's very important we're accurate. The events do exist, however, on the Emmys website, and uh, they're only inviting members and guests of the Television Academy. Uh, so they're um, they're involved. They're they're the Academy provides oversight. They do not produce the evenings. And, and uh, as as the season moves along, some will be... In, in fact, the second event of the uh, FYC season was for an animated series on Adult Swim called Primal. Um, that was held at the Wolf Theater at Sabin Media Center on the campus of the Television Academy in North Hollywood. So it's the, the Academy is providing oversight. They are... Um, keeping things in line, they're keeping trying to keep things fair as far as uh, FYC distribution spots because someone needs to be overseeing that calendar because it's peak TV. What is the value of these FYC events aside from sort of making sure people are aware the show exists? It depends on how you approach it. It depends on the timing. Um, it but depends you can, how cynical you are. That's also true. Uh, but you can absolutely provide um, a framing for a show that that is best suited to your overall campaign, whether that means uh, highlighting specific um, members of the cast or specific you know departments uh, within the production of the show, uh, whether it means you know hitting on certain talking points that you want to have elevated, um, whether it means showing a specific episode that you think you know best represents the show or uh, has some sort of standout moment that would be best consumed on a on a big screen in front of a wide audience. Um, or whether you just have <laughs> you just have uh, talent available who are very eager and willing to schmooze with uh, various members of the TV Academy who are present, whether that means taking selfies from the stage or um, from the after parties or wherever you know these wonderful things are held. Um, so the the value is usually seen as as kind of um, as one stop amidst a longer campaign, but an opportunity to, um, you know, strut your best stuff in front of the, in front of the voting body. Right. To Even separate. there's only maybe 400, 500 people. Depending on the venue. Yeah. True. 
uh, it's to separate yourself from the competition. Um, in a way, it's more valuable than ever uh, with, you know, 500 some scripted shows being put out a year. Um, it's just, it's, 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 I think Ben summed it up perfectly. It's an opportunity to boost your show's profile, keep it in the public discussion, um, and, and generate, ideally generate content. Uh, if the events are filmed, they can recycle that throughout the season. Yeah. And you can also use these as just kind of a, a, a public facing opportunity in the sense that, um, if your show is about to premiere, like Westworld is having its FYC, um, pretty close to this to the premiere here in Hollywood, as well as the the show's actual premiere, uh, and whatever they say on that panel, whatever talent is available, and whatever they've said will show up in the press. Like people are going to talk about it, um, fans are going to talk about it, people are going to be eager to see it early, so they can just use that to kind of ramp up and build buzz. Uh, for an upcoming release, just like, you know, stuff that's coming out in May, if they've got, uh, you know, an opportunity to give it to you early um, or or just kind of highlight a finale. Like they, they tie these things when they can to dates that are that can kind of serve a dual purpose if it works out that way. Right. Right. I would agree with that. I I I wonder, though, with these events starting in February, how how effective they are. Um, especially for, because the Emmy eligibility window doesn't close until May 31st and voting doesn't even begin until June 15th. I'm not sure how effective, uh, an FYC event held on February 29th is going to hold up however many months later. Um, but I mean, you take what you get in the draw and, and you hope for the best and hope there are very cute photos of Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan together, which there are. Yeah, you take what you can get from the lottery. And I think we've seen that kind of in these first couple of things. Like you mentioned, I mean, Castle Rock season two, the first season wasn't by any means an Emmy's juggernaut, even though both seasons were pretty well reviewed and per Hulu, pretty well seen overall. Um, but you know, it's not their heavyweight. Little Fires Everywhere is probably one of Hulu's bigger shows. They're going to want to push that event as much as, or hold that event as close to voting or as close to the show's release as they can. Um, same with Primal, like Primal doing it as early as it's doing it. That's not a huge show. It's not a show that we're overly familiar with or anyone's overly familiar with, but they're taking that early opportunity to just try to remind people that, yes, this is eligible. Yes, this is here. There's not as much competition right now, so that we're not going to get drowned out. Like smaller shows that tried to time it later on might not get any attention whatsoever because there's just too many events and you have to pick and choose. Um, which brings us to uh, the, the ever-increasing strategy of certain networks and streamers to hold their own non-FYC FYC events whenever the fuck they want <laughs> with whoever they want however many times they want with by inviting as many people as they want and uh that's you know Netflix's FYC spelled right. F-Y-S-E-E events. thank you thank you for that uh, you're welcome uh that's also Amazon's giant Oh yeah, House of Amazon, yeah. uh, which they, Amazon. they have rooms at the. Um, I don't remember if it's for sure this year going to be at the same Hollywood, Hollywood Athletic, Athletic Club. Club. 
Uh, but they usually have a room designated for each show where right. props and wardrobe and stuff are on display. Same as Netflix uh, or similar to Netflix, I should say, so that you can appreciate all of their shows for no matter what event you went to that night. Um, but, you know, various events are held throughout the city at various locations uh, whenever the network who's willing to spend the money uh, finds that timing to be most beneficial, which is <laughs> usually closer to voting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and those events exist outside of the Academy's purview. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at Max, there will be two official FYC events in in the evening on any given day or night. Um, but we talked about this last week. I don't think week. those overlap. I think if, even if there are two, I think the yeah. timing of them has to be facilitated so that you could technically go to both. Right. 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 Um, I, yeah. Especially on weekends, it's much easier to do that with uh, two afternoon slots or an afternoon and evening slot. But we talked about this last week. Um, that was our that was our speculation about the Netflix is funny. Oh, yeah, the Netflix um, is a joke. comedy event. Netflix yeah. is a joke uh, event, which which is, is the moniker of like their social handles for all their comedy stuff. Right, and it's um, that specifically is not an FYC event. Um, it is bridging, I believe. Wait, is that end of April or end of May? Um, end of April, end okay. of May, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's right when right when the final weeks of uh, of eligibility are there. It's just uh, that week that beautiful week long segment where Netflix can pump out all of these stars and all of these events to promote their comedy series and their stand up specials, and it's genius. And they have so much money. <laughs> I mean, well, when is their space open, too? Will the space also be open during that same window? Uh, we don't know when their space is opening this year. They, they, they essentially, they take over an entire studio on They uh, typically take over Rally Studios Rally on Melrose, Melrose. Um, which is uh, right across the street from Paramount. And um, But based on past year's dates, it seems like the comedy lineup is basically the prelude to the FYC space opening. So they'll run that for a week. And then the FYC space will open for three to four weeks, however many they decide to do this year. Um, but that should overrun, overlap completely with Amazon, because I believe Amazon usually opens about a week or two before Netflix does, again, to try to avoid as much conflict as inevitably exists. Uh, but it really does feel like what we're seeing this year is that people are kind of leaning into the conflict. They're kind of saying, uh, we've got... The shows, the talent, the muscle, the money, whatever it is, the confidence to put this on whatever date is most beneficial to us and whatever is in the way of that, that's not our fault. It's not our problem. Um, we're going to make you choose. And just like on the ballot, you have to choose your favorites. Choose your favorites now. We're going to give you the best package and hopefully get people to show up, um, which has been a successful strategy for those companies in the past, for the ones who, who obviously have uh, the people choosing them right right and yet you don't see those strategies uh employed to that extent by like hbo i mean they don't have a dedicated space they don't have bruce springsteen talking to martin, martin scorsese. scorsese they've been they as as i think i mentioned last week they've been the on the on the short end of the stick with this competition in terms of last year bruce springsteen's event with martin scorsese was up against the veep finale and people 
you know, people went to both, but you could tell that the Springsteen event got way more press and way more attention. It had, it had way more seats than what was available for, uh, for Veep's final season. So that being said, mm-hmm. this year marks a change for HBO in the sense that uh, they've had plenty of turnover within the company. Uh, their parent company has um, evolving goals, let's say, in terms of, of what they want HBO to be able to do. Um, HBO Max is looming in May, which is going to be its own kind of non-entity on the awards race, at least as we know so far. Uh, But still, you know, HBO is tied to it. So how their strategy changes will be interesting because to me, a lot of what I heard from them over the past few years while this was happening was that they wanted to play it by the book. Like they wanted to do what had always been done. They, they They helped create the game. They were one of the first big spenders in the Emmy market, you know, for, for decades now. Um, and them being outspent by somebody was a pretty new concept, but they still were very defensive about uh, the idea that this just isn't how you're supposed to do it. And this isn't a, um, it isn't a fair fight anymore. Everybody has found as many loopholes or played the game their own way to their benefit as much as they possibly can. But in terms of, of, like the actual events. Um, again, I, I feel like we've talked about this a few times before, comparing it to the TCAs in the sense that, you know, you just didn't do that. Like you mm-hmm. knew that that was AMC's TCA day, so you're not going to release a bunch of, of news or trailers or host an event the same day that AMC is having their event because they know that you're about to do it the next day. So it's just um, it's just a matter of, of kind of that um, unspoken law of the land being being eradicated just letting it die it's almost like the vitriol and uh greed of uh, the rest of our world is bleeding into the pure the purity of the purity hollywood of hollywood is being, <laughs> being uh soiled hbo yeah. should get uh uh, a train like they should put train tracks around hollywood uh and it's a S- snowpiercer will be debuting on hbo max uh and <laughs> don't <laughs> and, confuse the world about snowpiercer and any then, more than and then, and then you get i know it's not it's not supposed to but it will uh and then uh and then that's their fyc and you get on the train and each car is a different show and so like you're in the outsider car and you can take they do a portrait of you that looks like you're the you're el you're cuco, el cuco. So everyone has the same face. No, everybody's no. face is just droopy. It's a little different. The, yeah, the succession car is just it, Nicholas Braun is actually there, and you just get to hang out with him. Hey. <laughs> He's like, hey, what? hey guys. The big little lies uh, car is just cold little heart. It's essentially our kitchen. Yeah, they do. But, that. Lord, but Laura Dern smashing stuff with a. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a it's a destruction room. You yeah. get to destroy oh, stuff with a bat. I'm that's, st- see, that's, that's what the big little yeah. was. That's yeah, that's I'm still gonna get someone to go out and do that with me on a like a uh, yeah. consider this. Yeah. What else do we need? What other HBO shows do we need to get them trains for? His Dark Materials. It's okay. a uh, it's a a rescue, an animal rescue, and you pick your Damon. You you have your options, and you're like, which of these Libby's puppies? Libby's on board of this yeah. train now. So, what's something else that like you really want to talk about about FYC? Like, will you briefly explain the lottery? So, essentially, if you are an, uh, an Academy member, you essentially have to RSVP, and you may not get a. Yeah, you're tic- told you you RSVP, and then you're told whether or not you got a ticket. 
and then you still show up and wait in line. I don't think they, I think they overbook still. I right? imagine. Yeah, to make sure that the seats are filled. So you might still get turned away depending on timing, but um, it's it was in response to seeing so many of the same Academy members show up to the same events because they either lived nearby or they had more access or they could show up early or they just were the most persistent. So Underemployed. That too, yep. I'll say it. I ain't mad. And that's why they took home all the food. Shall we talk about the kind of elephant in the room with the FICs and indeed maybe all of Emmy season, that kind of pall that is hanging over all of us whenever we go to gathered places together. Oh, yes, the coronavirus. Yes. Um, oh, do, okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's the news changes from day to day as to severity and spread and, and I don't know, like things are already being canceled. Um, some people are, are pulling out of South by Southwest. Um, some, you know, f- festivals are are declining invitations from like French delegates. Like, it, like if a virus is somewhere, people are getting very sketchy. I saw someone on Twitter uh, the other day who went to a Costco and all of the paper products were gone. All of the toilet paper, all of the paper towels. I'm not sure how willing people are going to be to get into a room jammed with 500 other people to see and hear about uh, specific television shows. I'm not sure how excited networks are going to be to put their talent in that situation. I would honestly think that a lot of the bigger players would be the first ones to pull out. Right. Just because if they feel confident enough that their show's been seen, that they're aware of it, that that kind of risk isn't worth it compared to their other events or their other many, many, many press opportunities. Right. And they have more to lose. I mean, we're talking about millions of dollars uh, on the line. And we're back. Livy, without Ben here, I need to ask you on my own, do you have a show on, on Quibi yet? No. Okay. But I'm making moves. Oh. I'm talking to people. It's, it's gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. Well, I did share with you and Ben last week the fact that there is a show on Quibi solely dedicated to reviewing what happened on the late night show. Oh, shows. I know. Uh, it's, I, think it's, I think it's called Last Night, Late Night, or Late Night, Last Night. And uh, how- Just priming the pump for my Libby on Quibi show. We're, reviewing Quibi shows for yes. Quibi. What could possibly go wrong? We're IndieWire's Libby Hill reviews Quibi shows. It's right there. Libby on Quibi. Who wouldn't watch that? I mean, I mean, probably on the people that wouldn't watch Quibi, but which therein lies the problem. Millions of Screens is a production of the Penske Media Corporation and IndieWire. Our theme music features excerpts of the classic YouTube video Bjork talking about her TV and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brideson. Our publisher is James Israel. And our executive editor is Ann Donahue. You can find us online at A Million Screens, at Midwest Spitfire, at Ben T. Travers, and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So please leave a review and a rating, and maybe we'll mention your critiques and take some of your notes. This has been Libby and Leo reminding you, as always, that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You shouldn't let poets lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast. <laughs>